0: and subscribe right now the apology are all access your first month will only be a minimum donation of five dollars but what does that five dollars really get you that's a good question let's let that be drop and I'll tell you so with Apologia All Access, you're going to get Apologia TV. That's a 30-minute TV show. Then you're going to get behind the scenes of that TV show, what we call the Apologia After Show, where we just sit and chat with a guest with all those pesky time restraints of network television. As an Apologia All Access member, you'll be the first to get exclusive videos sent right to your personal RSS feed. And of course, we've begun working on Apologia Academy, where we're going to have people teach you stuff, Bible stuff. Apologetic stuff for your homeschool kids. All this and a whole lot more with Apologia All Access. Go get it, guys! Only at ApologiaRadio.com.
1: Non-rock must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it.
2: Are you gonna bark all day, little doggy, or are you gonna bite? delusional. Yeah, delusional. Yeah, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So, you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me.
3: <laughs> oh what? What?
0: Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The
3: careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage.
4: Go into all the world and make disciples, not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go in the world and make homies. Right. Disciples.
5: I, yeah. got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> 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 That's a joke, pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. Take an amazing journey.
2: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Gospel Heard Around the World. This is Apologia Radio. You guys can get us at Apologiaradio.com. I want to know.
0: I got a question I want to know too.
2: How, <laughs> how can you dislike <laughs> this little Apologia opener?
0: Like on YouTube. I was just gonna ask, who did the VO for that?
2: Who who did the, who did that?
0: Yeah, the voiceover. So you'll never be the same. It's a fake okay. voiceover.
2: It, it's a little, it's a little, there's a there's actually an app for that. Uh, it's like a movie movie voice app uh, on uh, the iTunes store <laughs> and you can get all of these <laughs> clips of like, you know, to put together your own stuff for your own film. I shouldn't like have asked
0: that question. Yeah. But that's okay. That's right. where,
2: I, that's where <laughs> I got it. Really <laughs> happened. Yep. Well, but somebody actually disliked, I just, uh, Sage, uh, Sage is next to me and he, he just pointed out to me that somebody actually disliked um, that video on YouTube with our music, the Apology of Radio Music. It's like, you know, really? somebody disliked, it. like, yeah, disliked.
0: Had to be an atheist. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I probably a random atheist we, guy.
2: We do have atheists that are like, <laughs> they subscribe to us on YouTube, and we put up a video. As soon as it goes up, dislike is it, yeah. like, that's how they'll get us. Yeah. <laughs> they dislike I'll that video. Him. I'll show you. Probably lives, don't like your video.
6: Probably lives in his mother's basement anyways. <laughs> With yeah. his Star Wars footy pajamas. <laughs> are you talking
4: about you or the atheist? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, well played, so. Back. <laughs> so we got uh, hacksaw Jim Justice greetings over there. That's the bear over there to my right. What up? Welcome we have, back, man. That's right. We hey. have over here uh, to my left, to my lefties. We have hey. Rebecca, the lady, because hey. the girl is not here. Welcome. Hey, hey. And uh, got my it's son. a roll today, too. I got my son next <laughs> to me. Uh, we haven't really thought of a name for him yet. Saji. Saji. Hi. That's that's Saji. I suppose. <laughs> and uh, we got Marcus Pittman over there in the ones and twos. How's it going? He's about, he's a good 30, 40 feet away from us, 50 feet away from us right now. But uh, he's still part of the show. That's the kind of technology we have here. Is it good? It's, or is it whack? It's not whack. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: hey, so we have a lot to do today.
2: Um, we're going to open up the phone lines uh, for you guys to call in and tell us your stories about uh, your ministry to abortion clinics, uh, Mills, and uh, tell us specifically what happened uh, this past weekend at uh, the protest planned parenthood event that happened across the nation. People came out in huge numbers across the nation. Uh, Mm. Arizona, there were... What was the final number there? I I saw
4: 1,700 people total. That includes the anti-rally as well.
2: And the most... Was The 20
0: people from the anti-rally?
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The most was the location we were at in Phoenix. So you had Phoenix, Tempe, you had, uh, I think, Glendale, and you had obviously the Chandler, and then you had the one that was in Tucson. Uh, But the one that had the most people was in Phoenix. That's where we were. And let me tell you, it was hot. You you had to work in that ministry on Saturday. Mm -hmm. It was hot. There was actually a point where I was calling out, and I got dizzy. I I didn't say anything, (laughs) but I actually got really dizzy. I was like, whoa.
6: You guys are huh. a bunch of girly men. Yeah. You got to used to it. Was,
2: she's, she's used to it. Rebecca's just got skin, le- like leather skin yeah. now. She's out there. No, that's
5: all the
6: good. No, <laughs> wait a
0: minute. I apologize. Ah, okay. No, no, it's just... It ah, no, pro- is the problem. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Being in a show with a bunch of men is like, we don't know the right thing to say. I'm like, her skin's oh, yeah. leather. She's like, oh... <laughs> well, to men, in Leather means something else in a good way. That was the
0: first time I had to film something outside in Arizona. Like, was it awful? It was, it was a terrible experience. Yeah.
2: So, speaking of the film itself, that's up at Apologia Studios on YouTube. If you haven't seen it yet, go to Apologia Studios uh, on YouTube and you can look at our last video we uploaded there to check the video log there. And you can see, um, I think it's uh, planned. Parenthood protest video or something like that. Um, it's a clickbait and, title. That's right. It's uh, like insane Planned Parenthood something. You gotta watch this. Yeah. And uh, but uh, it's a blessing uh, to see it because I think it's uh, really will offer to you an encouragement that look this can be done. Uh, it can be done in a faithful way that brings the gospel, uh, doesn't pull punches, um, demonstrates love and compassion for neighbor, and and it does show that if we put our efforts into this, we can shut this place down. Yep. Not mm-hmm. only front with the gospel, like bringing the gospel to people, but we can shut it down as a business.
6: Mm-hmm. Amen.
2: What happened
4: on Saturday? Every Planned Parenthood in Arizona on Saturday was shut down. That's You're
2: right. welcome. Mm-hmm. That's right. So Saturday, even if for one day, babies were not killed by Planned mm-hmm. Parenthood on yep. Saturday, and maybe, Lord willing, that stopped a woman long enough to think long and hard about what she was going to yep. do. Mm-hmm. And um, who knows? I mean, well, only God knows, and only God can tell us one day how many babies' lives were spared as a result of what God did there. And um, let's let's talk a lot about that in this episode. But before we do, because uh, we got a lot to say about that, uh, before we do, I I can't help it, Marcus. It has to be done.
0: <laughs> it's a Planned Parenthood episode, Jeff. I know, but it has
2: to be done, Marcus. Okay. Forgive me. It has to we be can't done. Can't let it go any longer. We He's can't. begging. Can we ha- Can I please, Marcus? yeah okay
4: (laughs) thank you for your graciousness Uh, kind of taking the bait that's
2: right Um, okay so uh, there's a guy uh, named Steven Anderson Uh, some of you guys know him as uh, don't tase me bro don't tase me bro Uh, S. Anderson
0: 1611 on YouTube that's right Um, S. Anderson
2: 1611 Uh, what's that stand for 1611 I don't don't know. know what's that I don't know the number of kids he has. (laughs) Uh, Steven Anderson, uh, you guys may know uh, from the video uh, fairly recently with Dr. James White, um, our friend and uh, my hero of the faith. Um, It was on Bible translations, uh, King James Version only That's what uh, Steven Anderson is. And uh, he is militantly committed to the King James Version um, of the Bible, 1611 English translation of the... um, Bible and uh, he is somebody that actually I know Uh, a lot of people don't know that Uh, I I do know Steven Anderson my wife uh, years ago actually ended up in a co-op an organic food co-op with Steven Anderson's wife and so I have actually been to Steven Anderson's house a number of times Um, I have met Steven Anderson he and his wife are actually wonderful wonderful people um, I think that they're wonderful parents. Um, the way that they raise their kids up, I honestly think Stephen Anderson is a great, great man. Um, except <laughs> on this issue of Calvinism, reformed theology, Stephen Anderson displays... And KGVL-ism. And KGVL-ism and a number of <laughs> other issues. But specifically <laughs> what we're going to talk about today, Calvinism, Stephen Anderson just does not know what he's talking about. And um, he butchers the text of Scripture. He butchers this issue when he speaks about it and I was actually informed by my son uh, just recently that mm. Steven Anderson put up a new video Sage actually uh, follows Steven Anderson on Facebook because he, so, uh, <laughs> <entertainment. laughs> he says it's just so entertaining train wreck entertainment it's just so entertaining yeah. uh, to view his page and, and watch the comments and so you want to talk to us about that yeah, no, he says no. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had a little fear in his eye. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: So just, just waiting for another video where Stephen Anderson explains how men should go to the bathroom. Yes.
2: <laughs> Stephen Anderson is the pisseth against the wall man. Yep, that's so him. If you haven't seen the video yet, you can also go to YouTube and you can look at Stephen Anderson pisseth against the wall.
4: Uh, that's a phrase used in the King James Version. I learned something really important from that video. What'd you learn? That the people that put together the NIVP sitting down. That's right.
2: Uh, and George Bush probably <laughs> George sitting down. If you guys are like, what are you talking about? That is, that's what made Steven Anderson famous. As a matter of fact, Luke and I were watching that video way, way back. Yeah, before Apologia uh, Church was yeah, even a oh thing. Yeah. And uh, we were, you know, giggling over that video. And that's what, and so they went from that video to his video where he was tased at the, um... Uh, I don't think you call it a border crossing because he wasn't actually crossing the border. It's it was...
4: The one going to San Diego. Yeah. It's just eight. the um, Homeland the Security... Homeland, yeah, the check. S- checkpoint. Checkpoint, yeah.
2: Um, totally wrong, admittedly. Uh, the checkpoint and all those things from a biblical perspective and... Uh, So, you know, there's a lot of things I'd be in agreement with Stephen about, but um, this particular issue, reform theology, he just has it wrong. Um, And I'll just say this, as we start this discussion, I haven't seen the video yet. I just saw that it's four minutes, and so I want to talk about it. So we're going to listen to it, me for the first time, and some of you guys for the first time, never even heard it. (laughs) You're in for a treat. Uh, Four (laughs) minutes long, and uh, we're going to listen to it right now, first time for me, on the radio today, try to respond to a few things. And I'll say before I even start it, uh, with respect to Stephen Anderson, um, I think that... um, I think it would be great and it would be good for the body of Christ and it would ultimately be good for the glory of God if we had a disciplined um, public debate on this issue rather than uh, kicking our podium and saying outlandish things about Reformed theology that really ultimately display um, your ignorance. I think a public debate on this issue would go very well in the discussion itself. So here is my public um, request slash challenge to debate to Stephen Anderson on Calvinism. We would love to have you uh, join us in a public debate about Calvinism. Uh, you're in town. I'm in town. We live near each other, Stephen. Um, we will pay all expenses. So we will have the location, the venue itself. Uh, we will take care of, Advertising for the debate. Steven Anderson, this is a public debate
0: um, challenge. Will we, will we pay his transportation costs? For we him? will even pay your transportation yeah. so costs. Fill up his gas tank. That's right. right. I think from your house uh, to
2: uh, our church, which is a great place to hold it, plenty of space, about 500 seats, um, it's maybe about a dollar in gas. So <laughs> we would be happy to take care of that. Um, as, wait, am I okay, Luke, with saying I think that? We can, I think we can swing that. I didn't ask yeah.
0: Luke uh, that. I will donate all travel expenses. Okay. <laughs> very generous. So, Steven
2: Anderson, we respect you. Um, we want to show love uh, towards you and graciousness. And uh, we want to ask you to debate this topic publicly. Uh, we will have it filmed, uh, very high quality. And we will make it accessible to everybody for free. Um, so, yeah, let's go right into it. Luke, um, I want to do this, Luke. So I need you to kind of get us in the mood for the discussion. Okay. So you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's I'm ready. Uh, All right, so thumbs up. Ready, guys, let's or- do this, Leroy
6: Dragons.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This is uh, it's under Sanderson, 1611. Anti-Calvinism rant about the stupid card game quote-unquote, war.
7: But to sit there and say, well, it's already predetermined who's going to go to heaven, who's going to go to hell, and there's nothing we can do about it, and that when we go out and preach the gospel, we're going through some kind of an exercise, and that we're not really making a difference in anybody's life, but we're just going through the motions? You know what? That's why people aren't going today, because that's what they believe!
2: All right, so let's talk about that. Um, We may not get through this video. Um, (laughs) All right, Ephesians chapter 1 uh, let's read the Scriptures, uh, Stephen. Let's see what God's Word has to say. Let's not just deal with our emotions. Let's not deal with our man-made traditions and put them into the biblical worldview and the framework and the context of this discussion. Let's actually look at what God's Word says. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He... "...chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace." should be framed in the context of the word of God. And the Bible teaches very clearly without question that God has predestined us before the foundation of the world. What does the Bible say? It says that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. It says that Jesus is a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And it teaches very clearly in John chapter 6, Jesus says, "...I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given to me, I should lose nothing." And so Jesus teaches plainly that the Father has given a people to him and that he will not lose them. And so when we actually begin to engage this discussion, devoid of those biblical foundations, we find ourselves full of error. And so before we move
3: forward, you guys want to jump in here for a moment? Yeah, I keep thinking about Matthew 24. I mean, he was going off about why do it just going through the motions Well, my Lord commanded me to, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. So, our Lord and Savior has commanded us to go and make disciples of the nations, because those are the ones given to Christ by the Father, and he will not lose any of them. That have been given.
2: That's right, and and if you look at Romans chapter eight, Romans chapter eight, a uh, famous passage, uh, we know verse twenty eight. I hope you guys have that in your hearts. It's important. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined. To be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom, and here's the golden chain of redemption, and those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. So the Bible teaches. Plainly, that God works all things together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And the golden chain of redemption is God predestines, God foreknows, God um, clearly calls, he justifies, he glorifies. That is God's plan in terms of what he does in redemption for his elect people. Now, how do you know that God's specifically talking here about the elect? Well, he says right here very, very clearly. In verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Now, I want to stress something here with as much love and humility and compassion that I can have for someone like Stephen Anderson he is just a man that is so blinded by his tradition that he cannot see his own inconsistencies and recognize that his arguments are not biblical arguments. They are emotionally driven arguments that are based on tradition. And Paul, if you read his line of thought in Romans, moves from this discussion of God's predestining a people for Jesus Christ, moves from God's, his discussion about God's elect into God's clear discussion about election even to reprobation. And if you look to at Romans chapter 9, it's the most famous passage that Calvinists love to go to on this discussion. When someone says, are you saying, with well, God just, he, he chose to save some and not others, so what's the point? Well, I mean, listen to the scriptures. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 9, very, very clearly, um, Jacob I have loved, Esau I hated. That's what God says. It's in his word. Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated. And he says, what should we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? That's what Stephen Anderson is asking. Mm-hmm. He said, what's the point? This doesn't make any sense. That's unjust. What's the point? And that, that's what Paul ultimately responds to in Romans chapter 9. And he says very clearly, he says to Moses, uh, by no means, by the way, by no means, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion mm-hmm. on whom I have compassion. So then it depends, watch, watch this. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's the answer to your question, Stephen Anderson. When you bring up this discussion, like what's the point? It depends on God's mercy. He mercies whomever he wills, and he hardens Whomever he wills, because the context of our existence is all of us part of this sinful lump of clay. We're all rebels against the king. And the question you should be asking always, Stephen Anderson, is not why does God have this plan where he saves some and not others? Why does God save even one? Yeah. Why does God save anybody? Stephen Anderson, why do you have the message of the gospel? Why do you know of Christ? Why do you get to have the Word of God in your hands, even the beautiful translation, the 1611 King James, which is a very good translation. It's an old one. The language is a bit archaic, but nonetheless, you've got the gift of God's Word. Why do you get to have that? It's grace. It's God's mercy. It's God's compassion. That's the truth. And so I think we need to put this in not traditional terms or philosophical terms, just merely man-made philosophy or tradition. We need to say, what does the scripture say and the last thing I'll say on this in terms of what's the point if God has already chose, chosen I would say this what's the point of you evangelizing if God in your system cannot manipulate mess with someone's free will and they can thwart God's purposes and say no to God then I have a question what's your hope in door knocking Mr. Anderson what's your hope because those people can thwart an almighty God in your system you can try all that you want. You can give the word of God. You can preach the gospel, which, is, which Paul says is the power of God for salvation. And you can go and preach it and they can just thwart a mighty God. He could desire all he wants. He can have a plan from all eternity and try to save and nothing will happen. Here's the hope a Calvinist has. In a mighty God who has the ability to take people who are dead and raise them to life and to grant to them... The gifts of faith and repentance, Philippians 1, 29, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. That's what God does. Those are gifts of God. God uses his church as the means of grace to bring the gospel into the world. And the answer, honestly, to Stephen Anderson's questions are found in the word of God. Romans 10, it says, verse 14 how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him and of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, the Lord, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so the answer to your questions Mr. Anderson, are found in Holy Scripture. Isn't it amazing that God has already told us the answers to these questions? And the challenging thing here is a man like Stephen Anderson that operates in in, in, a, in a very large sense outside of any accountability. Church-wise, mm-hmm. people can kind of check him and cross examine him speak into his life with any kind of authority even as a even as a pastor the challenge here is is that you speak to your people about things that you know nothing about right and that's the real challenge here is that you manipulate your sermons in such a way to make people believe that you actually know what you're talking about because when Calvinists listen to you preach and talk about what we believe we see it as far from the truth as can possibly be imagined Mm -hmm. and we have biblical answers for you and so once again i want to reiterate my challenge to steven anderson to a public debate on this issue again we'll pay all expenses (laughs) i know it doesn't say a lot i'll confess to that but the truth is we would love to have this discussion with you we would be honored to have this discussion with you and we think it would actually be very very meaningful and helpful to the people of god
0: for me to tell you the good news I must share with you the bad a beard can be a most magnificent thing but it can also be the downfall of a man an unmaintained beard prevents a face from shining an unmaintained beard causes dry itchy skin an unmaintained beard is a source of beardruff you know like dandruff but beardruff an unmaintained beard is sharp and ruthless like iron bristles not good for the lady friend an unmaintained beard forfeits future growth based on the lack of preparation today and let's not forget that an unmaintained Insane beard robs your face from smelling amazing. Let not thy beard be thy downfall. Protect your manly hood. An epic combination of manliness and manhood. If you are hearing this today, there is hope for your beard. Go to yukonsbeard.com and enter the code Apologia, and you can save some money while you save your face. Why? <clears throat> yeah. what? Absolutely. Absolutely
1: nothing. Uh-huh.
2: to me all right so we're back Apologia radio get past episodes at Apologiaradio.com.
0: and um, it's time to start talking about Planned Parenthood this weekend Marcus, <laughs> I have to finish this. no we have you to do this you will not finish Marcus, this you played 10 seconds Jeff was more I think it was eight <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> like Marcus, but Marcus,
4: this is very important all, the, all of it's important like And my song won't make sense if we don't play the rest of the It video. has to. Marcus,
2: please, mm.
3: please. <laughs> pretty a pretty, little bit please. more. Please. Okay. Yeah.
2: Right. Here we go. Okay, here we go. This is important stuff. It really, really is. I think it'll bless people. And uh, I mean this I mean and, and all joking aside, this and this is about the God that we worship and it, it really is significant because some of the greatest missionary movements in the history of the Christian church were by Calvinists. Think about that. And so I would say that Arminianism, the view really, the views uh, consistent with Arminianism and even Stephen Anderson's views really destroy evangelism and, and they really destroy the hope of evangelism and obviously they undercut really, really significant biblical truths about uh, the nature of human beings, uh, the the depth of depravity and the fall. And, uh, you know, we think about the fact that, you know, we're talking about the sovereignty of God and what God is able to do in the world. I mean, how do you send missionaries off to places with headhunters that will eat you hmm. if you think that God is going to be thwarted by men? Hmm. If he's not able to bring up about... Not just any man. Yeah.
0: Steven Anderson. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, That's...
0: No, I'm serious. Like, continue to play the clip. He'll talk about how he can support God's plans. Yeah, okay, so here we go. So this is uh,
2: more
7: of Stephen Anderson's anti-Calvinism rant. And as I was talking to this guy, I was very kind to him and polite to him, right? But, you know, in my heart, I was thinking, you jerk, you're damning this whole world to hell with your stupidity.
2: (laughs) Thank you for the confession. (laughs) I mean, mean, in reality, that's, that's the kind of thing that I mean, like, Pastor Luke... Is responsible to keep me accountable, and I would hope, Luke, that if I ever gave a revelation of the sorts of things that go on in my own heart <laughs> mm. publicly and in a message, I would hope that Luke would actually pull me aside and say, "We need to talk about that." And you know, You're jerk,
6: yeah, because <laughs> stupid <laughs> jerk.
2: Okay, what, do we call, what do we call it? when you are externally trying to be obedient to the law of God and say loving your neighbor, being kind, all those sorts of things, but inside your heart, you're not really behind it. What do we call that? We
4: call it sin. We
2: call it sin. We call it inconsistent. We call it hypocrisy. Jesus has a lot to say. all good words. He has a lot to say about external obedience to laws and internal inconsistency with it. Um, Listen, Eve could have uh, said uh, to God... Um, you know, Lord, um, you know, you've said don't eat and Satan says, no, you won't, you won't die. You'll be like God's. And uh, I know what your law is, God, but, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not going to eat it cause I might get fat. <laughs> <laughs> right now. If she said, I'm not going to eat it cause I might get fat. She would have external obedience to the law of God, mm. but actually be sinning mm. because what she wasn't actually obeying, obeying God. Obeying. Uh, yeah. She was doing it for some other reason than that. And so I, just a point to be made here, I think we all recognize our own hypocrisy at times and our own falling short. This, so that's not what's being said here. But, you know, it's in your sermon, so we'll talk about it.
7: This world is not hearing the gospel because of people like you who want to sit around and say, oh, God's going to get it done on his own. No, he told you to do it.
0: Amen. <laughs> if our God he just damaged that KJV on Bible, didn't he? Is it, so he? irreverent
4: <laughs> to that sixteen eleven! Oh my Gosh. I like wow. I like he if just you watch the video.
0: It. If you watch the video, he almost like apologizes to it by like t- like you know like He's a like fat. massaging it yeah. and like puts it aside. Like he realizes.
6: I'd like to hear his sermon on the fruits of the spirit, like self-control. <laughs> well, okay, so listen, this is important
2: though, because I mean, again, all kidding aside, when you actually dissect this, he is not actually. And if Stephen Anderson ever has any supporters that are listening to this this show, please please hear this. He is attacking a straw man. Mm-hmm. He is not attacking Reformed theology. He is not attacking not Calvinism. Nothing that I believe mm. or anybody that I've ever read believes. Um, now maybe there's some wackadoodle hyper Calvinist yeah, crazy guy that's not in Reformed tradition, but you're not even attempting to deal fairly and honestly with the Reformed. The Calvinistic position, we believe that God actually commands his church, as Dustin said, to go out and proclaim the gospel, and it is God's power for salvation. It is what he uses to bring his elect unto salvation, and so we recognize that we are the means of grace, and God has not given us elect-colored glasses, as Dr. White likes to say, Mm -hmm. um, so that we can put those on and see who the elect are. We are commanded to call people everywhere, command people everywhere From God to repent. That is a command, not a request. All people everywhere, men and women and children, are commanded to repent and believe. And we call people to repent and believe and to come under the Lordship of Christ and receive His salvation everywhere and at all times. And God in His grace, according to His sovereign power, raises the dead. That's what he does. Jesus doesn't lose anybody that the Father draws. That's what he says in John 6, 44. No man can come to me. No man is able to come to me. At last, the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up. He raises up the one the Father draws unto
4: salvation. Anybody? We're never going to get through this clip. Okay. The okay. gospel
7: will be hid. It's hid to them that are lost. <laughs> and we're sitting there hiding the gospel under a bushel and saying, no. Oh, well, you know, God's going to get it done. And then the guy said, well, what, are you saying that all these people who've never heard of Jesus are going to go to hell? I think they're going to get a pass. You know what? Keep telling yourself that. Maybe that'll let you sleep at night when you don't serve Jesus at all. Right. But you know what? I'd rather work and spend my life to getting the gospel to that guy who hasn't heard of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Instead of- well, first of all, I, I'm, I'm a little
2: lost in what he's saying here and the person he was talking to, confusing to me. Romans 1 clearly says that everybody knows God. And right. so everybody has revelation of God. Everybody has light from God. Everybody knows him. Romans 1 says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For that which is known about God is evident within them, for God has made it evident to them. That's what it says. God has given the revelation of himself to every single person. The problem is a suppression of truth, an active suppression, and it says even the creation itself is testifying to them about God so that they are left unapologated they are left without a defense. And so, of course, Everybody abides under the wrath of God, Jesus says. They abide Mm. under the wrath of God. It's not until God in his mercy and grace and love for sinners, it's not until then when God actually acts in the world and draws dead sinners to himself that they actually come and believe. It's up to God to do so. But he does it through the means of his church and the proclamation of the gospel. Yes.
3: (laughs) Yes. It's crazy that he keeps talking about the world. I want the, you know, the world. I don't think he's ever heard of post-millennialism. Yeah. Ever. No, don't even No. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just That's
2: well, a whole other show. Well, and the thing is, too, listen, you have no hope for the world if you have a God that can be thwarted. Let's make sure that we keep that clear. Mm-hmm, you have right. no hope for the world if you have a God who can be thwarted. Right. Don't tell me to go out and proclaim the gospel when your message about God and His sovereignty and His power to save is that God can be thwarted in his purposes to bring people to life. If God can be thwarted, then there's no hope in evangelism. No hope whatsoever. And you have an impotent God who cannot save. I will take the God of the Bible. I will take the God of the reformers, that that the God who actually declares the end from the beginning does according to his will in the heavens above and among the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can stay his hand. The one who actually brings dead people to life. Mm -hmm. I'll stay with him
7: sitting around and coming up with some stupid navel-gazing theology of, you know, well, if God knows everything and God already knows who's going to be saved, well, maybe it's all just predetermined anyway. I'm just going to sit around and have a Bible study and go way down deep and stay down long and come up dry. No, what? <laughs> what What does that
6: even mean?
4: I told you it's better.
7: Why don't you get out there and do some work for God? And why don't you do what Christ said? And go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why?
2: And that's what men like George Whitefield, mm-hmm. you know, the guy who's responsible <laughs> for the Great Awakening, that guy. He was a Calvinist. He's one of the guys that you're talking about who doesn't go out and preach the gospel. That's what Jonathan Edwards Oh, the other Great Awakening. Yeah, he was also a Calvinist, and he was responsible for that. God used him in that. And that's what many of the great missionary movements in history, that's, that's what they've been doing. They've been believing in that God, who is the one that is mighty to save, who actually, again, raises the dead to life and is the sovereign over salvation, who cannot be thwarted by anybody or anything. That's what, the, that's what God has done through this church and this ministry, is that we're out At the Mormon temple, we're out ministering Mm. to thousands of people every single year, reaching out to them with the gospel. We're at abortion clinics preaching the gospel. We're reaching out to people across the world with our media outreach. That's what Calvinists do. And so when he says that you have a Calvinist who's sitting around doing nothing, I'll be honest, I don't really know um, a lot of those kinds of people that you're talking about. I mean, obviously, we all could be doing more. Um, but I don't know a lot of calvinists that actually fit uh
4: this portrayal. I've never mm-hmm. seen him at the temple.
2: No, haven't. <laughs> and, and so what would be the, what would be wisdom? Would would wisdom say something like, "Well, that means that Stephen Anderson doesn't go out and preach the gospel." No, wisdom would would be to not slander somebody and not to misrepresent them. Mm. Um, and so that's I think the most important thing to do is to is to handle this faith. So
4: you also saying we should preach the gospel to animals? He did say every creature. He said all creatures. I want all creatures to know.
0: Are we going to do a show about abortion, or? Nope. Yeah, we will.
7: Because <laughs> he said you're saving with fear. You're pulling them out of the fire. It's not just some game that we play. And these same fools also believe this thing like you pray for stuff and you're going to get it anyway, but you just pray for fun or something.
2: Oh boy. <laughs> just, just oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy.
7: Or well, you just pray so you can feel like you got your prayer answered.
2: no, the Bible says you now have, has anybody ever heard anything <laughs> like that across the pulpit from no. a reformed preacher? No no no, no never nah. happened and 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 we and here's the thing stephen, we don't believe that, so um I think Stephen would do well um to read some books by the Bible but well, yes but, oh. but I think he'd be he'd do well to read some books written by Reform theologians yes. and exegetes, so they actually he can actually uh, he can actually address what they believe and teach rather than a straw man.
7: You have not because you ask not. That's right. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. And they perish and go to hell because you go not. That's right. It's not all predetermined. It's going to happen anyway. Wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
6: oh my ears.
5: I feel like it's so, batting
6: practice right well, now. I, I keep hearing the same, this, the, the same message coming from him that he has a, he has a problem with words like predetermined, mm-hmm. predestination. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what do we do with those words? If we're not going to look at those in scripture, do we just take the black highlighter out?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: That would be the Arminian highlighter, yes. Oh, okay, the black one. Yes. <laughs> Psalms
2: 135.6, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all the de- all deeps. That's Psalm 135.6, Stephen. Uh, Psalms 115.3, But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever He pleases. Isaiah 46.10, Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things which have not yet been done, not been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Daniel 4.35, All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but He does according to His will, in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can ward off His hand or say to Him, What have you done? And uh, Luke one thirty seven, for nothing will be impossible with God. Uh, Job forty two two, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And so we see in God's word that he clearly, clearly controls all things. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 43.13, even from eternity, I am he and there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act and who can reverse it. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what the Bible teaches. So I think that the most important thing here is to take what Stephen Anderson says about God and to filter it through the words of the living God and see if what he's talking about is consistent with, God, with what God says about himself. I mean, that is the standard, isn't it? Romans chapter 4 when Paul wants to display that he is consistent with God's word what does he say he says what does the scripture say when Jesus is confronting religious leaders he says have you not read what was spoken to you by God and when he's confronting religious traditions in Mark chapter 7 he says Moses said but you say he comp- he actually he contrasts what they believe and teach in their traditions with the scriptures that's the test Sola Scriptura is one of those things that came out of the Protestant Reformation, Stephen, Uh, and those people who were Calvinists, those people who actually translated the King James Bible that were Calvinists, they believed that the Scriptures were the sole infallible rule of faith and practice and that what you believe has to be consistent with Scripture, not your other traditions.
7: We write the book, my friend. God has given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven.
4: We write the book. You, yeah. wow. you just have to keep going <laughs> we write I want to get through this, keep going, we'll keep going. Oh, did I'm he not fantastic. say
7: that in Matthew 16 did he not say whatsoever you bind on earth I'll bind in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven
2: in reference to what <laughs> would be the question <laughs> it's, it's, it, oh boy wow, that has to do with the church and declaring what
7: God has actually accomplished but then they say, oh it's just God just makes all the decisions then why did he say choose why do you say choose life? Why do you say choose this day whom you'll serve? Because we have a choice. Because we're morally responsible
2: creatures yeah. before God as his yeah. image bearers. Yeah. That's why we have to Amen. obey and choose.
7: Don't buy into this garbage of, well, God calls and God draws, and we just sit back on our lazy American rear end and let the world go to hell. No.
2: OK, John 6:44, it says, "No man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws That's garbage.
4: Him <laughs> <It's>
3: garbage. <laughs> and I will
2: raise him up, and then we clearly, if you want to calls, you read Romans chapter eight. God foreknows, God predestines, God calls, God justifies, God glorifies." See, those things are in the text of God's word. Um, Rebecca's right. Those are biblical words. Now you may not like them, Stephen Anderson but that doesn't give you the right to try to subvert biblical teaching and to diminish the value of those texts and those truths for the sake of your tradition.
7: False. It's a lie of the devil. He loves that doctrine because it gets all the Christians to sit around and not care. And I'll tell you, I told this guy, I said, you know what? I'll be honest.
2: Actually, I want to say this. Uh, put it on. <laughs> I got to I gotta, I gotta, oh. put it on record. <laughs> I believe that Arminianism has yeah. been the most destructive force yeah, I agree. to Agreed. evangelism in our nation. Absolutely. Isn't it amazing? If you look at the history of the United States at the mm-hmm. time of the, of the Great Awakenings uh-huh. and those sorts of things, who who'd those come from? Who do those great missionary works come from? Who Calvinists, Reformed theologians and exegetes. That's who was in charge of all that stuff. And it was when the Methodist Church and other churches like that actually introduced Arminianism into the, the, the West, if you want to talk about America, And specifically, that's when evangelism and, by the way, the witness of the church to the culture begin to fall off the map. And so I believe that it's the Arminian view of the sovereignty of God and salvation and election that has destroyed missionary works and efforts in our world. That's because we write the book.
7: There you go. (laughs) With you, my friend. I said, I'm just being honest. If I believed like you, I would do very little for the Lord. I would just do the minimum. He's like, oh, that's not right. I'm just being honest. You know, and look, does obedience to Christ motivate me? Of course. Does my love for Christ motivate me? Of course. But you know what? That wouldn't really motivate me to go all out, though.
2: Really? So a holy, sovereign God who is a consuming fire, when he calls you and commands you to do something, yeah. mm. not motivating enough ah, for no. you to do it. <laughs> um, that's, I think that's the source of the problem. It's, mm. it's a holy reverence and fear and right. respect for God yeah. that God says to do something, and therefore that is the motivating factor and force to, to, for you to do it. <laughs> um, and so I think that that needs to be um, something we pay attention to in terms of what's really going on. Because the thing I like about Steven Anderson here is he's being brutally honest. So mm. that's good. You get to get really sort of insight into his
6: thinking and his heart. So that's good. Oh, and no, but when
7: you actually feel like you're
2: making... I'm sorry?
6: Oh, no. I just had a thought that it, ultimately it's like, who are we bringing glory to, ourselves or to God?
2: Well, I, as from what I understand, that's, that's where this is going to go in a moment, right? Yep.
7: Okay. In difference mm-hmm. When you actually feel like you're accomplishing something, you know, that motivates you. I mean, who wants there to play is. a game? Does anybody want to play a board game with me after church where the outcome is predetermined? We can spend hours playing? you ever play the game War? Who's played the card game War?
4: What is it good Stupidest for? Stupidest
7: <laughs> card game on the play. It's a, it's a card game for Calvinists. It's the official card game of Calvinism. You cut the deck in half. You give half the deck to one guy, half the deck to another guy and you put down a card and whoever has the best card gets to take both cards you pull out the next card there's no thought there's no skill the whole thing is predetermined the moment you cut the deck
4: uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that has no parallel whatsoever no. to no, thinking and and a matter of fact um that's not predetermined as an example that's a, that's actually just a poor analogy yeah even even for his Side, it's just a bad analogy, it doesn't really fit even what he's trying to say. So, I think it'd be good that you know you spend a little more time working on the analogies, even. um, I I got
3: one, okay. I mean, for well, for Arminianism, I think their favorite game is 52 card pickup, just pick up whatever card you want to off the floor in whatever order you want to, but you eventually pick up all the cards. Mm. But it's your choice on when and how, and How to order them? I don't really know anything about 52-car pickups so I, can't, oh, no, let's, I let's, can't go along. It's taking a well, deck of pray. cards and just, you just it and they go everywhere. How oh, is that and a you, game? You pick them up. <laughs> Why is that fun? It's not. It's Arminianism.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Heyo. Okay. okay. We're almost there. Come on. In half.
7: The winner is determined. But you just go through the motions. Oh man, you got me! Oh, I got you. You know, it's a game you play when you're like four. (laughs) You play it when you're like five, and after that, you say I need something where I can actually control the outcome.
3: Yeah, you just sit there and just play war. Fifty-two card pickup.
7: Stupidest card game ever invented. (laughs) And you know what? Calvinism is the stupidest doctrine that anybody ever came up with. We need to go out, and people need to be called to the Lord by our gospel. That's what's gonna call him unto the Lord. It's but to sit there. and... Well, um. So there you go. We made it through, Marcus. See, we did it.
4: That's the whole thing.
2: That was the, okay. that. Was the whole thing. That was four four minutes. So here's forty three
4: seconds. Here's my conclusion from his video. Okay. Stephen Anderson is a monergist.
2: Okay, and, <laughs> and okay, good. So explain that monergism, meaning one force. Yes. Is at work or in, involved right okay yes. so and then synergism is two forces right there are two two working together okay so typically though Luke people say Calvinists are monergists and Arminians are Armen, Armenians, yeah Ar, Arminians <laughs> are uh, synergists right because he has
4: two I, I don't think he's an Arminian okay he's pretty much an antinomian okay uh, but
2: you believe he's a monergist Because he yeah, believes Yeah because he's
4: all him He just got He just got done saying It's all It's not God Yeah It's Anderson Yep it's yeah. all We write the book it's what we do we my control game. the outcome we, yeah.
6: yeah there's no glory given to God at all there yep. so I didn't mean an can I meant a
4: Pelagian.
0: can I just say one thing yes you can I am never ever going to complain about Jerry hitting the desk on the show again why because it's nothing compared to Steven Anderson hitting his <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine having him here in studio uh, it's like, I'd be mad, don't yeah. hit the desk
3: this has been a lot of time on this desk that's funny I wanna fix this
2: yeah okay so so, yeah, I mean, the, Dr. White <laughs> says often that the difference between Reformed theology, Calvinism, and these other systems is the difference between a theocentric view of salvation and a man-centered view of salvation. So it's either man-centered or God-centered. Calvinists believe that God is the sovereign, that he is the one that actually knows chooses to enter into intimate relationship with the people before the foundation of the world. He predestines those people to salvation, to mercy them, and he calls them to himself, justifies them, he glorifies them. Salvation is something that God does, not yep. man. And, and it's clear, listening to Anderson, you see that his system is not a God-centered system. It is a man-centered system. And I would add to it, it's obviously not biblical uh, Anderson isn't working through the text of scripture here. He's just ranting. Mm-hmm. And I think he actually says on his things, it's a, it's a rant. Yep, that's, that's what it says. That's, yeah. that's what it is. It's not exegesis. It's not expositing the word of God. It's just a rant. And um, I think we need to be cautious. We need to be cautious because um, word of warning, um, let not many of you be teachers. You will mm. incur the stricter judgment. And uh, I fear for men like Steven Anderson... Uh, that handle the truths of Scripture and the words of God in this way, because he has a lot to answer for. In the end, that's, that's the truth here. He has a lot mm-hmm. to answer for. Uh, people are under his care. They're under his teaching. They're listening. Uh, they're being lied to, ultimately, uh, about what people believe, and uh, being led, I think, um, to pursue a very unbiblical view of God. And I think in many ways, when you teach it this consistently and this much, I think it's ultimately to another God, mm-hmm. uh, because it's not the God of the Bible. Let's be Let's be honest. Yeah. And um, boy, I want to be as compassionate as possible when I say that, but I mean, this is, these are weighty things. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, are we ready to take a little break here, Marcus? Or are we going right into the... Um... Yes. Yeah. We'll take a break. Okay. So what we're <laughs> going to do, guys, is come back. We're going to talk to you guys about uh, Planned Parenthood. For real? Uh, we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to talk about Planned Parenthood. We're going to talk about abortion. We're going to talk about what God is doing in the world to end this <clears throat> atrocity. And we're going to open the phone lines for you guys to call in. So stay with us. We are back. ApologiaRadio.com. Hi, this is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio. You can get us at apologiaradio.com. I'm also the pastor at Apologia Church in Tempe. You can get us at apologiachurch.com. I want to invite you guys to join us for worship, the word, and fellowship on Sundays at 4 p.m., and that's Joy Tempe. Hey there,
5: we are a family integrated church,
4: so we invite you to bring your whole
5: family to worship with us.
4: This is Luke Pearson, the ministry bearer, also discipleship pastor at Apologia Church. Like Jeff mentioned, We are now meeting at a new location and time, 4 p.m. on Sunday afternoons at Arizona Community Church. That's 9325 South Rural Road in Tempe. We're meeting in the Community Center, and that is between Warner and Ray off of Rural. Again, you can reach us on them internets at ApologiaChurch.com. Delicious beards are encouraged but not required.
2: (laughs) Glory!
3: too
8: far away from me everywhere I go. Try not to cross the line, but with my and set straight out the window. And even though I believe in what I do, riding by the last time, believe the lies as if that's true. Cause, cause I can not get my mind right, I won't be my left hand. And sometimes I forget my lies in this thing Try to wrap my wrongs in this thing. Lives no not sleep.
9: me, i of
2: All right, so we're back. We're going to talk about the Planned Parenthood protests. For real this time. For real. (laughs) We're going to talk about abortion, the gospel fight against abortion, proper way to speak about it and to go to abortion clinics. And uh, so let's get right into it. So we're going to talk right now uh, about uh, babies are murdered here. The babies are murdered here. Signs are being used across the nation. And that was really, really encouraging uh, to see uh, photographs uh, in um, local newspapers and articles, and across national media, uh, videos uh, of people outside with the um, babies are murdered here.com signs. And one of the things I think that we found most encouraging, um, we were delighted to see it, uh, was Planned Parenthood had banners uh, up across mm-hmm. the nation over their facilities. And the signs said, uh, interestingly, uh, they said, healthcare happens
0: here. Interesting. Uh, so uh, they're talking to you, Marcus. They s- must see the signs at almost all their abortion clinics across the country. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> there's <laughs> people everywhere with babies are murdered here signs, and they felt they needed to respond to that charge yes. specifically, which is interesting because for 40 or 50 years, people have not been using the word murder when talking about abortion.
2: Right. And so I think the failure, we've said this uh, many times, the failure of the pro-life movement over the last generation since Roe v. Wade is in how we actually talk about this. And as a church, our mission is to bring uh, the gospel into this conversation and to lead people into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through the proclamation of the gospel. Now, the abortion issue is a gospel issue first and foremost. It's about murder. It's about a love of death rather than a love of God. Bible says those who hate me love death, and that's really what's happened to our culture. And so uh, we have to approach this issue in the context that God actually talks about it. And so
0: he talks about But you about... can't do that, Jeff. Well, some would say that, right, Marcus? Y- yes. Like that's the very Ooh. overarching who conversation. Would say that? The people who organized the defun- the the protest PP event this weekend, actually.
2: Well, yeah, and it's not just that, but it's also consistently we get um, we catch trouble from many times the Roman Catholics that are out at the abortion mills. Um, they're out uh, praying uh, to a false god. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking to the dead, and yeah. they're just walking mm-hmm. around the abortion mill. Uh, praying the rosary, talking to Mary, who is with Jesus now. She's dead. And uh, the Bible strictly forbids communication with the dead in the law of God. But be that as it may, um, that's what we often come across is the Roman Catholics will challenge us saying, you don't quote scripture. I can remember being in Glendale um, about two years ago, and there was a lot of Roman Catholics out there at that Planned Parenthood. And they specifically went out of their way Uh, to walk over to us to tell us to stop quoting scripture to these girls and to stop calling it murder. Ah. Yeah. That's what happens. But, uh, Marcus, you were able to get a hold of some uh, audio.
0: Yeah. What is this all about? Eric, who uh, works, who helps us out with our website, uh, he wanted to organize an event in Charlottesville where he's from because there wasn't anybody hosting an event. So he decided to host the event, and it automatically, of course, made him the leader, and all the press contacts were going through him, and so he got an invite to the nationwide conference call with the leaders of this event, where they were asked uh, several questions about how to handle specific things, and we put that up on our Facebook, and it was kind of shocking. You you have the clip?
2: I do. Here's the clip. We've got a call from the 518 area code next. Uh, Your name
9: and where you're calling from? Uh, yeah, my name is Steve. I'm calling uh, from Malone, New York. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we're we expecting the participation of maybe four or five local churches. And uh, we're excited about that. But we're also aware that some uh, people who are not maybe church-related or even uh, necessarily identify as Christians may become involved. Um, and there's this whole issue of political involvement and uh, calling senators and that kind of thing. So I guess I'm just looking for some wisdom on how to incorporate everyone, and yet maintain a Christ-centered event, uh, what you guys have experienced with including others who don't necessarily identify with the Christian part. Yeah, Monica, Monica, you want to yeah,
5: take I, that? I think it's not. it would not be, uh, um, what's the word, completely inappropriate, certainly, to at least offer a, a generic prayer of some kind. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> have be to be, be Christ-centered, though that would be best, of course. But if, you, but if jewish people are are coming or those who are unchurched are coming um to, but certainly to offer a prayer to to uh to god our father and you know and then once the your demonstration is getting underway you might have an up you know might have the opportunity to gauge to measure the the um you know the religious persuasion shall we say Oh. Of the majority of those who are there, and I, I don't think it's inappropriate, and it's, and welcome, and say, you know, make a statement, make make a, a an announcement that we are grateful and we welcome uh, all who are, who are here today, you know, f- from whatever religious persuasion, all those who may not have one, but are, but are concerned about this, you know, the, the uh, injustice of abortion and so on. So there's a way to be inclusive. Without without compromising your own religious witness.
0: No, there's not. Yeah, right. Inclusivism is compromise, mm. and y'all have done it for the past fifty years, and abortion is still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Th- there's there's a major part of the failure, right? Mm-hmm. Is the fact that they, you want to be inclusive, which means that you cannot maintain a commitment to the gospel and to the true and living God while trying to be inclusive. Now, here's the thing. Are we grateful that God, in his common grace to all of us and people who don't know him as Lord and Savior, are we grateful that God has stirred within the hearts of people who are Jewish, who are Roman Catholic, and who are just basically pagans or atheists? Are we grateful that he stirred in their hearts a desire to save the lives of these children because they recognize the value and the dignity in in the lives of these children? We're very grateful. But in terms of how we're actually going to put this under the feet of Jesus, there's only one way that takes place, and that's through redemption and forgiveness and salvation. You cannot call out to people to repent and believe the gospel while holding hands with an atheist. So her. no. Right. Yeah. We can't maintain <laughs> right. our convictions and maintain consistency with our, quote unquote, religious beliefs um, and do that. It's just not possible.
0: Yeah, Rebecca had an, uh, a conversation with somebody, right, yeah.
6: about this? Yeah. No, it was actually, uh, we we had just gotten to Planned Parenthood and we were finding our spot um, on the property. And there was somebody from the pro-life um persuasion that came over and talked to us and he said hey we'd like you over in our neck of the woods it was around the corner he said we'd like you to show that you know you are listening to the speakers that we have you're showing unity and I asked him a simple question I said hey I heard that you guys have put out on the media that we're not allowed to use the name Jesus and we're not allowed to use the word murder And uh, I guess that was a mic drop because he left the vicinity. I wasn't liked by him too much anymore.
0: (laughs) I want to say it's interesting that when we got there, the place that they wanted us was really far away from Mm -hmm. the clinic. Yeah, it really was. And and Apologia Church showed up and we're like, oh, how close can we get?
6: Yeah, because we want to call out to the people that are walking in. That's
0: exactly right. So we went as close as we could a sidewalk that was right beside the building, mm-hmm. right near the main entrance. And a lot of people followed us. And so it was, it was just encouraging to me to see Apologia really taking the lead and really, you know, they had to eventually call people away from us to get them back to the safe place where they could have their rally. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now, <laughs> again, are we grateful that people across the nation um of whatever persuasion are calling out for the defunding of Planned Mm. Parenthood and even the shutting of it down. We're very grateful. We would actually attribute that to God's common grace. Yes. Uh, Image bearers of God are challenged over murder happening in their communities. And so praise God for that. But but how can we actually put an end to this? We know what God does to bring people to life and to know him. Now, listen, you could be pro-life your whole entire life you could fight for the lives of babies your entire life. You could rescue thousands upon thousands of babies and still not be reconciled to God. You can still not know God. You can still be in need of the gospel. And that's the thing, is that for us, it has to be a gospel issue about salvation and forgiveness. It has to be about Christ. Because you listen, if an entire nation ends up saying, we don't want to kill babies anymore, I say, praise God, for that but that nation still needs to be discipled and they
0: still need to come to Jesus yeah if I'm if I'm fighting a war I want as many people to fight in that war as possible but I only want my generals to have uh, to share in the vision of ending the the battle Mm. right like you don't want like people who are questioning your motives and your motivation or have really terrible war strategies to be leading and that's what we've done is we've let people who don't really agree with our worldview take control of the war, and we are still fighting it. It's resulted in play, failure. Play the rest of that clip, okay. man, because it um, gets worse. So,
5: so that's pretty much the way I would handle it. Eric in Charlottesville, Virginia? Eric? Yes.
10: Um, yeah, my name's Eric. I'm in Charlottesville. And um, my uh, question was regarding um, uh, other Christians at the events who... Um, take issue with you using words like murder or having pictures of aborted babies on your signs. Um, how do you deal with that?
5: Um, here's 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 my my suggestion. You have to decide as the leader of your demonstration how you are going to configure it. If you want to have abortion victim photos at your demonstration. Then that is your decision. The person who is going to come, they have to decide if this is the demonstration that they want to attend. I feel very strongly that the leadership has to make their own decisions, and they can't. You can't please everyone. Um, you know, I would not. You know, I'm not. I'm not running around using the word murder on picket signs but i do think it's important to have abortion victim photos at these demonstrations we will have them at the demonstration that i'm organizing with lynn mills in detroit people know that when they come to a citizens for a pro-life society demonstration that more likely than not there's going to be abortion victim photos
2: now let's talk about that for a second okay listen if you are trying to focus on legislation um against abortion how are you going to legislate against it if you don't call it murder? Right. Right. What mm. moral infraction is there? I see you're fully comfortable with showing the pictures of abortion victims, but somebody says to you, oh, what is that? Well, that's, that's um, a dead body. Okay, mm. but what happened to right. it? What happened to that baby? What happened? Well, you say well, it was aborted. Okay, but why is that bad? What's wrong with abortion? Right. Morally um. speaking, what do we call it? What do we try to legislate against so that we protect babies in the future and women Mm -hmm. and women in the future so that they would never think to do such a thing? That's the goal, right? It's Mm. not saying that this is such a wicked, heinous act that can't be washed away. It's washed under the blood of Jesus, completely clean and, and forgotten from the mind of God, chosen to never remember it again. But we in the future women to be protected so that it never even crosses their mind in the sense like I would never do that. I know what it is. And I know what our law says that it is. We don't want babies to actually suffer in this way ever again because it's murder. And so mm-hmm. when you say, I don't want to use that word, you've now lost the ability to have any meaningful discussion with the legislature because people legislate based upon real hard objective moral infractions. This is theft. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. a thief. Mm-hmm. This is rape. You're a rapist. This is murder. You're a murderer. So if we don't start actually putting it in that context, we can't have a meaningful discussion with our legislature. That's why you fail. You see, because <laughs> legislatures are doing the thing where they say, well... Planned Parenthood is just very unsanitary. It's about the health of the woman, right? (laughs) Why? Because you're not saying it's murder, right? That's the problem. Or they're saying, well, how about 22 weeks? Why? Because it's really ugly, like, beyond that. Like, it's really ugly. Like, let's keep it a little bit lower, but let's not actually abolish it because it's murder. You see, this woman that's speaking, she's part of the problem, not the solution. Mm
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. She's part of the problem and not the solution. She wants to actually say, "Look at this picture of this this awful picture of this victim." Oh, the victim of what? You don't want to use the word murder? Right. You don't want to call Planned Parenthood assassins and murderers? Well, you've lost the ability to have any meaningful discussion.
6: And I almost wonder if it comes back from that place she was talking about earlier about being all inclusive—that we're so afraid of offending other people right. that we want to be liked. Well, these are babies that are being murdered. Right. You know, these victims, like you were saying. You know, they got here somehow. Yeah. Abortion is murder. And, you know, we're going to have to start saying it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Their, their problem is they don't want to offend the mothers mm-hmm. that are, are having or have had an abortion. They mm-hmm. don't want to call them murderers. So, and a lot of that, you know, comes from the, the Catholic influence. Right. But they've taken it so far that, they, oh, every time she said a victim abortion victim mm-hmm. wanted to punch something mm-hmm. i was like stop yeah. saying that and like right. she obviously is going out of her way to intentionally say that
6: right and again we can't even bring <clears throat> we can't even call these people to christ without yes. confronting the sin that's right we have to prick the heart prick the conscience yeah. of the person we don't
4: yeah. and we don't say that if someone is like murdered like by gunshot or something right we don't say we don't call them the victim mm-hmm. of something else You call
3: them a murder victim that's what Mm -hmm. it's called right? Mm -hmm. every time she said abortion victim I started thinking of another sign of a picture of a woman who had had an abortion and then committed suicide because of the guilt of the abortion she is also the victim and they are also the ones we are calling out to Mm -hmm. I mean the whole crowd save the baby save the mother save those who are standing next to us you know praying the Praying to Mary, save them too. I mean, Jeff, like we were saying earlier, like thank you to everyone who does come out, mm-hmm. stand beside us. But it's the gospel that drives us to save lives, and they also are alive and need saving. Yeah. Right? So the gospel yeah. will save babies, mothers, people out there trying to also save babies.
6: Yeah, we actually have two types of neighbors that are out there. I always tell people you have to love God and love neighbor in yeah. order to go out. And there's two types of neighbors that are at the abortion clinics, the abortuaries, as, as our friend Patty Smith says so eloquently. Um, we have the neighbors that are being led to the slaughter, the babies, the precious babies. And we have mm. the neighbor that is premeditating murder in their heart, running off the eternal cliff, you know, loving their sin and, 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 and wanting to murder their child.
0: Mm. Yeah.
5: And if you uh, play that
0: clip, it gets worse.
5: Okay. We had them when Eric was with us. At the, at the demonstration that we did when uh, Wendy Davis was in town here in Dearborn. We had, we had 80 to 100 people, uh, so it didn't scare anybody away. You just have to decide how you are going to do it, be as as uh, respectful and as sensitive to the needs of people who want to come, but those are the decisions that, that, that you as leaders have to decide how you're going to run your demonstrations. Okay. That's just right, Monica. Um, you know, abortion is murder, um, but it's a uh, there's there's some baggage that comes with
8: that term because it suggests that the woman who goes to the abortion clinic is therefore a murderer
6: uh, mm. yep. <laughs> <laughs> because you she
2: think? is. Be- because yes. She that, that, why are we having such a hard oh. time? It's a, it's a, it's a culture of political correctness. Absolutely. Mm. Well, I think it's a
0: theological problem too mm-hmm. because, because if yeah. if if the Catholics Consider women who have an abortion as murderers. They have to remove them from the un- because of the unpardonable,
6: unpardonable sin, mm-hmm. which isn't scriptural either. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: Well, it is murder, but there's all kinds of baggage that comes with that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do do we feel the same way about theft? Like, do we say that about people who are thieves? We say, well, it is theft, but there's all kinds of baggage with calling you right. a thief. We wouldn't do it. <laughs> Everyone knows that's what you are. How about child molestation? Yep. What do we call them? We call them child molesters or pederasts. Like, you know, we have names for, those. that's what they are. And again, we don't get to proclaim the forgiveness, the awesome depth of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness to the woman Um when we're not being real with what's really going on mm-hmm. and what actually has happened, I want to tell every woman who's ever had an abortion: there is there is a sea, an infinite sea of of peace and forgiveness and mercy and God. Um, but we have to be real with what we've done. We can't hide it. And so let's let's listen to just a little bit more.
8: And and that's a pretty
9: harsh thing to say to about someone who's doing something in a state of desperation, often under duress and compulsion.
2: There's, oh, there you man. go. Run for, mm-hmm. Give them cover. Yeah. Give them. Give them cover. So how are you helping uh, put this uh, to to death uh, in in a sense, in a culture? How are you helping to end all this if you are giving them cover, right? If if you're saying, well, the reason why they stole is because uh, they, you do know, they were poor, they were struggling, and so they robbed that bank and they beat up those people in the bank and those hostages because you got to understand, uh, he had a really bad upbringing. Um, he has an inner child who was wounded, right? Uh, he just, uh, you know, he just was really, really hungry, so he he robbed that bank and he shot that teller. You know, you got to understand his circumstances. No, the truth is you have to condemn the act and you have to punish it and you have to actually care enough about the victim mm-hmm. in this case. And so that's, again, another example of why... Has the pro-life movement failed in the last generation? Well, it's specifically because of leaders like this. It's cowardice. It is. Yeah. It really is. That's all it is. We will be right back. More with Apologia Radio. Hope that you meditate on these things we've been talking about. And that God raises you up to bring the gospel
0: to these places. Taking your phone calls when we get back.
3: And I'm Sale. And we have a new podcast called the Reform Kid Cast, where we go through the catechism with our daddy. It's a lot of fun, and your kids will
0: love it. Please go susc- subscribe. 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 On iTunes. We'll see you
5: on the Reform kid, kid, kid Cast.
2: So we're doing another day of phone calls where you call in to Apologia Radio. We put the word out on our social media. So I encourage you guys, if you missed it this time, catch it next time. We put the word out on social media. Pay attention to what we're saying and uh, give us a call. You'll be on Apologia Radio, possibly yourself. So let's go ahead and open the phone lines for our first caller. What's up? We got Brian Brady from Utah. What's up, Brian?
8: My ninja, <laughs>
2: how you doing, brother?
8: That's right, Luke. It's it's official.
2: That's right. That's right.
8: Hey guys, uh, wanted to call in. Um, we're on our way to a Planned Parenthood rally. People who are pro murder are at the Utah State Capitol. They are coming there tonight, 4,000 strong, to tell our governor, Governor Herbert, to reverse his decision to defund Planned Parenthood, so me and about 100 faithful, uh, you know, followers of Christ are on our way up there to stand in that gap and to be a light to that darkness and to bring the gospel um, to people who need it the most.
2: Praise God. So, hey, Brian, so you, you actually started um, a ministry to abortion mills in Utah, Uh, Tell us about that. How did it it start, and and, uh, what's it been like?
8: Yeah, I don't know, Jeff. You're probably so overwhelmed with calls from all over the country, but I think you remember a little bit about 18 months ago, I called you late at night, and uh, you took the time to really minister to my heart and to talk to me about abortion ministry. Um, I knew after watching uh, Babies Are Murdered Here that... Uh, there was just no way that I could not be a part of this, that if I would spend the rest of my life, whether one baby was saved or even zero babies were saved, that this is a ministry that God would, you know, be glorified in. And so, yeah, we started that Breath of Life Ministries in Utah about 18 months ago. Uh, myself, my wife Tori, my friend Joe and his wife Stephanie um, were pretty much it, even after 18 months of of dedication. You know, we still go out there, try to go out there every single week. We all work full-time, but we offer help and hope to uh, women who are uh, in need of it the most. Um, We bring the Gospel. Um, We offer to, like you guys do at Red Door, we, we offer to take away any excuse they may have to take the life of their child, including adoption.
0: Right.
2: Right. Praise God, Brian. And this is really cool. So we really like to connect to our listeners. And Brian, Brian, uh, I didn't know Brian was going to call in, but Brian is, is a friend. And uh, we just praise God for the fact that Brian has uh, started um, a ministry to an abortion clinic or abortion mills in Utah. And this is kind of cool, Brian. Brian is actually involved in our future church plant to Kauai. Wow. Well. Brian is Brian. You're coming with us to uh, to our next missions trip, right?
8: Yeah, man, I can't wait. Um, Hopefully, in January, my family will be out there with you guys in Kauai. I just I love the the vision of Apologia Church. You know, I've been uh, pleading with God that maybe Utah would be your first stop um, on the (laughs) way to our little post millennial. um, (laughs) You know, watching God put 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 this. put the enemies under his feet, but if, if Kauai, which is where my wife was raised, she grew up on that island, um, if that has to be you know your first stop, I'm going to be 100% behind you guys. Can't wait to uh, join you guys in January and uh, and just see what God has planned for you guys out there on the island.
2: Praise God. Well, I'm going to pray for you right now on the air, Brian, for what you're doing tonight. Father, I want to pray that you bless, bless Brian, uh, that you would uh, give him your strength and, Lord, the power of your spirit, that you'd speak through him tonight with boldness and clarity uh, to people who would advocate for murder. And I just pray that you'd bless him and his group and his team, continue to pour out your blessings upon his family, and I pray that you would just raise him up in a mighty way for the glory of your son and his kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
6: Amen. amen.
2: All right, Brian, bless your brother. Thanks so much for calling. All right, thanks, Jeff.
0: Hey, this is Marcus with Apologia Radio. State your name and where you're from.
10: Hey, man, it's Eric Ham from Charleston.
2: Eric! 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 (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Welcome, Eric, to Apologia Radio, brother. What's up, man?
10: Uh, Nothing. I just wanted to kind of, you know, touch base on the Saturday protest thing and just share kind of what God did in Charleston.
2: Yes. Yes, please let us know. What was it like in Charleston?
10: Charlotteville. Nice. Sure so. uh, yeah, it oh. was uh, it was great. Um, just, uh, sorry, I, I'm sure sorry, so
2: it rep, Freeze, freeze. I apologize. For some reason, my mouth is not connecting to my brain right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's okay. But go ahead, uh, Eric. Uh, let us know what happened in your neck of the woods.
10: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, Charlottesville wasn't even on the uh, you know protest PP website. Uh, at the time, so I, I signed up Charlottesville. I didn't realize I was signing myself up as the leader of the whole thing. So <laughs> I, uh, in God's providence, I ended up, you know, basically being the the, the kind of the point man. And uh, it worked out really well. Um, I uh, made some decisions on kind of how we were going to do it, which was really good, because I made some, you know, babies are murdered here signs and stuff like that. And um, uh, we had like 275 people show up, which was really good, because Charlottesville oh. was not you know, the biggest town or anything, and uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was really good, and, and from that, uh, I actually have been on the radio several times uh, since then, uh, interviewed by a TV station, and um, we're just really able to um, kind of stir up the, the local church, and now I've got dozens of uh, people who are um, connecting with me, and we're going to start going out on a regular basis now.
2: That's awesome. awesome. That Thanks is God. just excellent. So, what was it like, though, uh, in these interviews you were doing? What were you able to communicate, and uh, why Why did they interview you?
10: Well, thankfully, um, we have a couple of really solid, um, like, conservative Christian, uh, you know, radio hosts, and so both of these guys are Christian. One of them, I'm pretty sure even homeschools their kids, and Everything and um and so it was really um uh, they they have a really strong passion for you know for ending abortion as well and so I know that was a lot of it um, and I was able to uh, really just be blunt you know and just say you know murders you know babies are being murdered here and uh, and just really you know talk about you know God's God's work in my life and the life of the local church and the people that. You know, a lot of people that showed up were, you know, they said the same thing. They were like, you know, I've never done this before. This is totally new to me. But ever since these videos came out, I knew I had to, you know, get a, just leave my house. I, need, I needed to be, you know, present at these abortion clinics. You know, we can't let this happen anymore. And it's just really cool to see, you know, through God's grace through these videos, uh, the, the church is really being stirred in, you know, the local churches, and it's really great.
4: Praise God. That's awesome. You guys, anything anything you want to say to Eric? I just wanted to give Eric a shout out because he's been a big help with their website.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Eric. I appreciate that, man. We love you.
4: Yes, you don't even know. (laughs) You don't
2: (laughs) even know. uh, uh, Yeah,
10: well, it's great to talk to you guys,
2: too. Absolutely. All right, Eric, thanks so much, man. We're praying for your ministry, and we're grateful to God for you and uh, the labor you're putting into uh, bringing the gospel uh, into this context and uh, trying to rescue these babies from death, man. God bless you.
10: Yeah, thank you, and God bless you guys. All right, man.
2: It's our main man, Brian. Yes, sir. <laughs> from Maine. Yeah. What's up, Brian? How uh, goes it?
9: Not too much. Uh, we calling in about the whole Planned Parenthood stuff uh, from Saturday. We also we, we went out Friday, too.
2: Oh, right on. Tell us, tell us some stories, man. What happened?
9: Yeah, so Friday we actually we went out because uh, that's the day in Portland where the Vermont doctors come up and they actually do the, uh, the abortion. So that's the day we're pleading with the, the women not to murder their children. And that day, I was actually told, um, I think I might have sent you the video, Marcus, uh, by a police officer that I can't speak and impede on a healthcare care facility.
6: Mm, what? And that's said, new. So, and I looked
9: at him, I said, well, sir, to be frank, uh, I uh, follow God's law, not man's law. And God's law says that this is in the healthcare facility, so I'm not, uh, I'm not violating that. That's nice. awesome, man, sir. <laughs> See, yeah.
2: that's that's very good. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
9: And you uh, say, "Well, we're all allowed our opinions," but that is your relativism.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And
9: then uh, Saturday was good. We actually had around fifty people come out. And then uh, one guy that was protesting against us went over and talked to him, and he actually said, "I wish you were one of those aborted babies."
2: Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me.
9: Wow. I told him I wish I could have been for that baby's sake. It was in the picture.
2: Wow. Mm. Yeah. Well, so how how was um, the size of uh, the protest?
9: It was good. Um, more than normally on Friday. On Friday, there's around 10 people-ish. Um, uh, this Saturday, there was about uh, 50, 45 to 50.
2: Nice. Mm. Praise God. Yeah. Awesome. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Alright brother, well, yeah, thank, thank you so much for, Thanks for calling man, thank you for all you're doing And we're going to continue right. to pray for you And everyone else's ministry that's, uh, that's involved in this fight Alright, thank you God bless brother. Thanks man, thanks for calling What's up, it's Josh from San Diego Welcome to Apologia Radio brother Hello brothers in Christ What's up man? Oh nothing much, I saw the uh, post on Facebook Wanted to
10: sound off on the uh, Planned Parenthood protest this Last weekend
2: Alright man, tell us what's oh, on your mind, what's up? So uh, we had a pretty large protest in uh, Escondido,
10: and I think it was uh, over 250 people showed up.
0: Nice. And
10: uh, it was it was a great protest. Were, it's a pretty busy location. Good. Uh, and uh, we did uh, get some hecklers. It's amazing to see some of these people. They'll come out and they'll they'll mock and they'll make fun, but they will not engage in any. Uh, many times they will not engage in any uh, any uh, meaningful discussion. They'll stand across the street or or something like that, and, and that's pretty much what we experienced. Uh, I think there were a few good conversations that were actually had with women there. Uh, but there were, there were, we did get a lot of honks, so that was good. That was encouraging, a lot of people encouraging us with their honks. But uh, ultimately, it's just uh, glory to God. I think with that many people being there, it kind of amplified the uh, reality and the, uh, the importance of it and the urgency of it. As well, so uh, it was. It was a great, great time.
2: Praise God. Hey, Josh, how, how long have you been doing this ministry? Is this new for you, or something you've been involved in for a long time?
10: Well, actually, it's, it, evangelism itself is not that new to me, but uh, the Plain Parenthood deal is. Um, I actually am beginning to to do a more regular outreach to a Plain Parenthood in Claremont here uh, in the San Diego area. And uh, so that'll be a more regular location that we go every weekend or every other weekend to because it opens, like, early on Saturday morning, like 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And uh, we'll go there and, and uh, kind of do uh, a micro version of what we did this past weekend and stand out there with some signs and hopefully have some good conversations by the grace of God.
0: Excellent.
2: Good. You guys got a question for Josh? Anybody?
4: Sounds like he's putting it into that Escondido Theology. Yeah, was Ivy Connerly yeah. there?
2: <laughs> was Ivy there? Uh,
10: I don't know. There were so many people there that I didn't really have a chance to, to make contact with everybody.
0: I could just see Ivy at the protest rally selling DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> with yeah, towel,
4: yeah. With his yeah, towel, with yeah. 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 his
2: white yeah. yeah. You want a CD? He's <laughs> putting out his mixtape. You want a CD? I got hey, a yo, CD. Man. Hey, yo, man, you like, some, uh, <laughs> you like music? You like music? All right. Of course. Hey, Josh. Thanks, man, so much for calling and praise God for what you're doing, brother. Yeah. God bless you guys. God bless you. All right. We got Joseph Spurgeon. Spurgeon on the line. Wow. As in the Spurgeon? As in, I think I know who I'm talking to, an actual descendant from Chuck Spurgeon.
1: Sure. that's right. Awesome. (laughs) Glory.
2: Tell us, before we even talk about anything else, we need to talk about the fact that you share blood Mm -hmm. with one of the greatest preachers in the history
0: of the world. Automatic ticket to heaven.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, uh, as far as I know, uh, he would be like a great, 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 great uncle. And wow! so wow um that works. That's a great way to take. It. you know my my dad's a minister and on um, my uh it's been it's all in my family. And then you'll be uh, excited to know that my son, uh he's not born yet, but he'll be born in uh about three weeks. His name's gonna be Charles Yes sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.
2: That's a awesome. good call. Good call. Yes. Good touche. <laughs>
4: Good job. How many uh, how cigars yeah, are you smoking right now?
2: <laughs> uh, did that come down the family bloodline? A love for the stogie?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, um, all right. I mean, I, well, shame I've, on I've you. Enjoyed a a to <laughs> for, but
2: uh. wow. Well, hey, okay. So, so tell us, Mister Spurgeon. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna use that name as much as possible. Uh, what was it like? What was it like for the Spurgeon this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> out ministering at the abortion mill.
1: Yeah, uh, you know we we go out to the abortion mill at least once a week. Um, I, I wanted to share with you something that's interesting about the abortion mill here in um, Louisville. Okay. On just on either side of the abortion mill, um, less than a block away. If you turn left and you walk a block, if you turn right and walk a block, there is a historical marker. Uh, you know, one of those signs that you read and um, on on one of them, it says a slave pen and then on the other, it, it was the slave market.
3: Mm.
1: And um, uh-huh. it, you read it and it just, just describes that slaves were sold here or slaves were penned in here. And, wow. Mm. Uh, it, it talks about abolitionists, uh, people fought against slavery back then. And then when you're walking, you're, you you see people looking at that and it's like this, like some people. You know, they're just mesmerized, but that happened right there. And then right in the middle of those two signs, you know, within the block is the abortion claim. Mm. Oh, wow. And so it, it's our prayer that, that there's going to be a day when people walk by and they're going to see a sign right there.
6: Mm. and then they're gonna
1: Hang their heads in shame.
6: Wow. Absolutely. What a
2: Amen. dark place yeah. that is. Good gracious. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So so what happened uh, for you? And by the way, you, you good job. Good job. You actually pronounced Louisville the proper way. People in Kentucky are supposed <laughs> to do it. Everyone else across the country says Louisville. Yeah, Louisville? You, you, right. you have to sort of just breathe it out <laughs> Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> Louisville.
6: I was just. So you know he's
2: not pretending, is what I'm saying. He's really from Kentucky. <laughs> My wife's from Kentucky and she, she would give you props for pronouncing it correctly. Okay, so what happened?
1: So, so what happens on Saturday? Yes. Saturdays we what, go there, it, you know, we share share the gospel. Right? It's the gospel that's going to um, end abortion. Amen. Yeah, so we preach the word of the word of God, and that's what's going to change hearts and minds. And um, we do that. We share, and you know, it's not every time we go, but every once in a while, there's a, a lady that will come out and change their mind, yeah. and that that just really gives you like that that strength for the. The uh, you know the rest of the times that you're there. Yes. At, at at the clinic that we have that we have a lot of uh, we call them death scorts. People that come and, and they 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 work to try to get mm-hmm. and interfere with us. Yeah. But uh, I'll share with you that um, I got a message about a less than a month ago on Facebook. Okay. It was from one of these death scorts, and they said that it it was kind of a tough time. We were actually before them kind of. Uh, under some good spiritual attacks there. And we got that message really encouraged us. And I said, um, he said, you know, he, he may or may not recognize me, but uh, I wanted you to know, he said, I can't say that it was your preaching and I can't say it wasn't, but I'm not going to be a death school anymore.
4: Oh,
6: praise God.
1: That's
2: awesome. That's great news, wow. man! Yeah. Praise God for that. That's yeah. amazing. Can I
6: jump in here real of quick? Course. Hey, I just want to say hey, I'm sitting in for Joy. Um, my name is Rebecca. So, I go, I go, I go to the murder mill on um, a couple times a week too. And thank you so much for sharing that because we actually have desk squirts or. Um, Uh, people that have been hired to protect the people out there, sometimes security guards. And so we give them, you know, we faithfully proclaim the gospel message to them. So thank you for sharing that because that just reminds me just to keep doing it because you never know when God is going to use that to prick the hearts of men. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Wow. Man, dude, I love you and I see your posts. I don't see everyone's posts that come up my feed, but I always see Spurgeon. And I'm always, <laughs> yeah. and I, I yeah. want you to know I'm always paying attention and I'm always praising God for the stuff that I see. So that's awesome.
1: Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And Thanks, thanks for all you're
2: doing, man. Such a blessing to me. Oh, absolutely. It's an honor. Okay. God bless you, brother. And uh, we're looking forward to all that God's going to continue to do in your ministry, man. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. We got Jamie from California. Jamie, welcome to Apologia Radio. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. So what's on your
0: mind?
11: I um, just want to call in. Um, first of all, my husband's a big fan of you guys, and um, I went to uh, the abortion um, protest on Saturday here, um, a town about twenty miles, uh, twenty minutes out in Modesto, California, and I just uh, wanted to talk about that. Um, it was amazing. What happened? Um, there was about two hundred and fifty people there. It was a very peaceful protest. Um, very encouraging to see people from all walks of life, really young, older people, um, all just out there, you know, being the voice for the innocent, and um, very encouraging. We had a lot of people that would drive by, honk, wave, cheer for us, as well as we had the, you know, the other ones that flipped us off and cussed us out and, you know, cheered that they love abortion, so even though it was heartbreaking to hear and see, it just as a reminder how much we need to be out there and speaking the truth.
2: Well, just be encouraged. They were... Driving by, telling you you are number one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you just need to reinterpret that. There you go. Yeah. Yes. You're the best. <laughs>
11: That's awesome. So, yeah.
6: You're number one.
11: My 13 year old daughter came with me. She's very passionate um, about this as well. So, like I said, it was, it was amazing to see young people just involved in this as well. So, yes. um,
2: Well, praise yeah. God. And, uh, and we're humbled and honored uh, to be a part of your family's lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Lives. I mean, uh, you're Alan, Alan's wife, right? Yeah. Yes, See, I am, Yeah. This is the cool thing. See, we actually keep up with our listeners. When you guys yeah. post on our page and you guys make comments, we remember who you are. and, and uh, Awesome. Oh, that yeah. means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So we're blessed and I'm just really encouraged. We've been uh, getting phone calls from literally all over the country. And uh, and it's just awesome to hear what God is doing in California, in Kentucky, in Maine, and uh, we have Virginia, mm. and uh, I mean it's just amazing stuff. So so praise God for for what you're doing, and uh, just we pray that you yeah. continue to to put forth uh, your lives uh, for the sake of these babies and the gospel.
11: Right, absolutely. Thank you so much. You guys are such a blessing to us. So keep up what you guys are doing.
2: Thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks to everybody that called in. If you want to call into to Apologia Radio, stay up to date with our Facebook page. And we'll announce the next time we're taking live calls. Or you can just drop us a glory line at any time at 909-65-GLORY. You're listening to ApologiaRadio.com.
2: What's up, y'all? This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio at apologiaradio.com. Want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with Whitfield Theological Seminary. I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu. Whitfield.edu. W H I T E F I E L D. edu. I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate programs at Whitfield College, and they also have whitfield theological seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond i I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to i want you to contact whitfield theological seminary at whitfield.edu get a hold of our friend dr kenneth talbot and start your classes today apologiaradio.com all right, guys, thanks so much for calling in today. It's a blessing to hear your stories. Uh, amazing to get a chance to see and on social media and then listen to you guys, your stories across the United States. God is really, he's doing something, and he's doing something big, and uh, something I think that even um, dwarfs in comparison what uh, happened even uh, in the 80s and 90s with some of the pro-life movements and... Uh, Uh, people that used to lie down in front of uh, abortuaries and lie in front of their doors. Uh, John Piper was arrested numerous times Mm -hmm. for that. I think he's doing something different here. And I think, um, I do believe that a lot of it has to do with the consistent witness of the church in calling it murder and bringing the gospel into the conversation and churches being out there consistently with a consistent biblical message and the gospel—that's what God is doing, and it does have a lot to do with things like "babies are murdered here." The film um, that was a huge blessing, I think, to the church. And it yeah, th-
0: I think it's time for a sequel. I think it is time for a sequel. Yeah. Man. Mm. And, and maybe a podcast, and maybe a podcast. A "Babies Are Murdered Here" cast, a yeah. BAM cast. Yeah, yeah. So uh, part Bam of that is it. let me just say this: if you send, we want we want people who are out there on the front lines in the fields. We want you to start sending in your video of you out there on the field. Not just like stuff that happens, but we actually want you to selfie, take selfie videos, talk about what you're doing, how the day's going, and send it in to us. And maybe the next Babies Are Murdered Here film will just be a compilation of Babies Are Murdered Here ministries all over the country. Right on. So that that would be cool. And you can send that to Glory. At ApologiaRadio.com, get a free Dropbox account at Dropbox.com or a Google Drive account, and uh, start uploading your videos to us, and we will take them and maybe start working on part two.
4: You want those horizontally shot? Correct, yes, Marcus.
0: please. No vertical videos for film, please. That's an automatic so, dismissal. Yeah, yeah we will. <laughs> we <laughs> automatically. <laughs> so hold the camera correctly. Not up and down, <laughs>
2: sideways. Yes. you got to tell my wife that. Every picture, every video she films
0: is with a vertical camera. Yes. I'm like, that's not the how it o- works, babe. The opposite mm-hmm. of Periscope.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> Marcus, do you want to say a word of encouragement to people who are in the fight right now? Yes. Um, what do you want to say to them?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I think this weekend was amazing to see that because... Planned Parenthood expected people to be out there in mass they shut down their clinics completely everywhere in, mm. in in Arizona and it's amazing I mean that's that's unbelievable we actually shut down abortions for a day yes yeah. and and we we have to keep that going there's no reason we can't keep that going and we need to make abortion have a negative stigma. People who are thinking about having an abortion, they need to know they're going to walk by 500 people every time mm. they go to that clinic. I mean, that's what needs to ha- that's what how it's going to shut down. There's a photo somebody posted I don't know if you saw it, but they're making memes out of it, but it's a lady in an abortion clinic. She's one of the workers, and she has this look of shock and horror when she looks out the window and sees 500 people outside of her abortion clinic, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and so that's stuff that's going to make people not want to want to work there. Mm-hmm. They're not yeah. going to want to open their doors, and people are not going to want to come and walk by 500 people that are shouting babies are murdered here Mm. walking in the door it's just not going to happen so we need to just keep that going keep that energy up it's hard work to do that like it's really difficult Uh, we need to keep sharing the Planned Parenthood videos a new one came out today with uh, the CEO from STEM Express and they're building something up man yeah Yeah. something's going to drop I think because they're they're telling the story yes they are so I'm waiting for the, the climax of the film to hit. It's going to be awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and I, I don't want to say this to our listeners, brothers and sisters in Christ, in a way that sounds in any way like we're in charge of this and we're talking down to you. I want to come alongside you um, just as a, a fellow child of God um, under the rule of Christ saved by his grace unworthy of myself I'm going to come alongside you and encourage you right now um, be have a long term vision don't be short sighted um, the world is depending on us to be short sighted and to lose any kind of steam and to not persevere and they're willing to persevere they, they want to inherit the earth it's the righteous who inherit the earth it's the meek who inherit the earth it's God's people but look, look, you know, it, it involves us. It involves us fighting. It involves us being exhausted. It mm-hmm. involves us sitting out in 100,000 degree heat in Phoenix, <laughs> uh, you know, melting under the sun. With our leather sweat. skin. <laughs> yeah, with our leather skin. It involves like a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of difficulty, a lot of discouragement. It involves a lot of that. And you got to be committed to that for the glory of God, not for you. Uh, Not for your little ministry, but for Christ, his kingdom, and the lives of these babies and also these women that need the gospel and need to be saved.
0: Yeah, let's put this in a historical perspective in the sense of like, if you look at like the Revolutionary War or the Civil War, and I'm not advocating violence here, but what I'm saying is that those people over issues like tax and states' rights were willing to sacrifice their families and their lives for this cause, right? And that's like when you think, okay, states' rights... Taxation without representation, those issues would you go to war over that today? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, some people would, some people would, but most mostly in America, we would not, yeah, or else we would have already been there for sure. And so, Mm. this issue of abortion of millions of people dying every year, and we just go, Well, I have other things to do, and we need to really start counting the cost and, and really dedicating ourselves to this cause on a, on, a, on a level that we have not done yet I think, I think Doug yeah. Wilson's new film hopefully is really gonna yeah. touch on that it sounds like it so here's the thing
2: we don't stop until this is done we mm-hmm. don't stop until this is finally over with and even our government obeys God in this area mm-hmm. we don't stop it, it's not over until Jesus is seen as Lord of our nation. And and that means in every area, but specifically around this issue right here. It, we're not going to stop until it's over. So so there is no rest. There is no stopping. There is no taking a break from this. But
0: Jeff, I'm so tired of apologia talking about abortion all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And if you feel that way, let me <laughs> let me, me. Let, if if you feel
2: that way, <clears throat> let me encourage you. We talk about a lot of other things. But we are in the midst,
0: especially on the TV show with all access. That's right, all access.
2: (laughs) ApologyRadio.com. But we are in the midst of a great moment for us in this fight. If we don't continue the conversation and really begin to gain strength and headway in this, then we lose this moment. So listen, we're fighting all this time to build up to a moment just like this. And now it's in front of us. Mm. So are we yeah. talking about this a lot? Yeah, we're talking about it a lot because it actually, guess what? It involves the lives of little precious babies. Mm. Yeah. I was looking at my son today. He has glasses now. He's such a little nerd. Uh, <laughs> he, 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 he combed his hair over. He slicked his hair down. And he put his little glasses on. And I'm thinking to myself, he's just so precious and so meaningful. He's got his cute little glasses on. He has his quirk little personality. I love every bit of him and everything about him. He's my one little son. I have four kids, four of them. They're all precious to me. But my little sweet, little nerdy, like, seven-year-old Clark Kent little boy (laughs) is in front of me. He's so precious. He has so many unique things about him. I love every bit of him. He's so meaningful. And I was thinking, that's that's one 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 little precious amazing life a gift tomorrow a thousand babies by Planned Parenthood three thousand in our nation Mm. and then the next day guess what the same exact thing so when someone says are you talking about it a lot it's getting old well listen I'll stop talking about it when it's done Mm. Mm -hmm. right we'll stop fighting when it's over now I know that there are so many other things to talk about and we did talk about Calvinism today so there's a lot there's that, lot. <laughs> 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 About
4: that Guys,
2: we are in the midst of the fight of our lives and the fight for other kids lives we can't stop we can't stop would you let me ask you would you lay your life down for another if Jesus says greater love has no man than this and a man lay down his life for his friends would you do it would you give up your life for a baby would you give up your life to protect the life of another child? I, I think, honestly, a Christian in the heat of the battle, I think every Christian would. I think it would be a God-given strength. I think you would do it. I think you would. I think I would. I think God would give us that power to do so. We'd lay down our life for another. Brothers and sisters, we're talking about thousands. We're talking about millions of babies. And it's us. It's, it's us. God uses us to do it. Over the door of every abortion mill in America... Says what?
4: Here by uh, permission of the church. Permission of
2: the church. By permission of the church. Francis Schaefer said that. That kicked me in the teeth when I first heard it. And I'll never forget it because that's the truth. You're the salt. You're the light. So be salt. Be light. It's what you already are. You just got to start living as it. <laughs> just, just be it. Yeah. Uh, that's what your identity is. All right, guys. Apologiarator.com. That's where you go. And guess what? you got to go to ApologyRadio.com and you got to check out the all-access. We did an episode that's either coming soon or it's up there and it's, it's in on the cloud. dinosaurs. Yes. We talk about dinosaurs. It'll be out Thursday. And dinosaur poop.
0: Yeah, lots of it. <laughs>
2: Which actually is a very significant, amazing detail. Yeah. We actually talk a lot about dinosaur poop and how cool it is. Thanks to your child. Yeah, my son asked the question <laughs> about head. dinosaur poop. My little seven-year-old Clark Kent guy. <laughs> dinosaur poop actually is a significant thing, and if you want to learn about dinosaur poop and, and how dinosaur poop is so amazing, and there's other things, too. We interview uh, Creation Ministries International. We talk to Dr. Robert Carter about mm-hmm. dinosaurs for, like,
0: almost two hours, I think. It was amazing. You don't want to miss it. Can we just do a praise the Lord, too, on our subscriber count? Yes. Yes. We have passed the amount of subscribers required to fully fund the studio. Yes, sir. Wow! And so awesome. Apologia Church doesn't have to pay anything. Yes. And so now we can mm-hmm. just focus on growth and expansion into other areas and, and better technology. Babies are murdered mm-hmm. here. Podcasts technology. and other TV shows. Uh, better cameras. And yeah. Really? Better, better hey,
2: cameramen. Really? Better cameras. Can can I, cameras so awesome. Oh, shaky this? cams. If anybody out there listening to Apologia Radio. You're a fan of our ministry, and you believe in what God is doing through us. Um, if you wanted to buy our ministry a red camera, we would like it. We would take it. So, like, if you, God had, like, dumped, like, just wealth on you, and you are like, where can I put this for the glory of God? Um, we would like a red camera. And actually, we would like two of them.
4: Two would be nice. Do they, do they make, like, an anti-shaky cam device? Uh, okay.
2: Did you see YouTube? YouTube today. I go to it to, to put everything up to make sure it's all set and squared away, like to, to release it to the public, and and it says, under the video, it says, your video seems shaky, would you like YouTube to <laughs> stabilize it? I was like, every time, YouTube, every time. I was like, I, I know YouTube, I don't think Mark is okay with
4: Always, yes. Yeah. Hey, can I share something really important yes, to yes. tie this whole show together? Tie you really tied okay. the room together, dude. Well, this is going to tie everything together. Okay, please, please share, because... Did you seriously <laughs> uh, just I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. So I want. There's a
0: purpose to this rickroll? Yes. Okay. So to bring together. I don't believe
4: you. To bring together, uh, independent, separated fundamentalists, like we talked about, Stephen Anderson. Yes. And protest what we talked about was the Planned Parenthood thing. So this weekend, uh, Westboro Baptist was protesting a Foo Fighters concert. They're outside protesting the Foo Fighters concert, and the Foo Fighters roll up in a pickup truck in the back and totally rickrolled Westboro Baptist.
0: Did they really? It was amazing. <laughs> I saw the video. It was the best
4: thing I've ever they seen. They rickrolled them <laughs> totally. That's ah, amazing.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: they probably had no idea what that meant. They were like, "Why is this funny?" We yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a television. I did just rickroll you, listeners.
2: All right, guys. Thank you for being uh, faithful um, brothers and sisters in the fights. Uh, thank you guys for being listeners to our show. We appreciate each and every single one of you guys. And we're grateful for you guys participating with us in the life of our ministry. For those of you guys that are subscribers to the All Access, I, I want to personally thank you uh, for participating with us in ministry. I know, I know that you're subscribing and you're getting content. But more than that, you participate with us in ministry. You're giving... Uh, to Apologia Church so that we can bring the gospel around the world and, and actually confront the culture with the biblical worldview, with the Word of God. You're a part of this ministry, a meaningful part, each and every single one of you. So we're grateful. Thank you guys for helping us get to our very first goal. And please continue to pray for us and let people know about us and encourage them to become All Access because the more support we have, the more we can do. Mm. And so Mm. I I just want you to pray about that and just continue to join with us in the gospel of the kingdom. It's proclamation. Thank you guys. That's the bear. Peace out, y'all. That's uh, Hacksaw, Jim Justice. Farewell. Rebecca, the lady.
6: (laughs) Aloha. Marcus
2: Pittman, King Ginger. Hey. And I'm the ninja. Catch you guys next time.
0: listening to this right now. <laughs> <laughs> you should have turned this off a long time ago. I know, I should have. <laughs> going to let you down.